Welcome to this episode of the New Work Podcast, sponsored by Adobe and Microsoft. I'm joined today by two executives from OX Digital Health, whose mission is to remove the friction in healthcare. The startup's healthcare as a service model shows the power of the cloud and digital technologies and supporting the new world of work and new ways of doing business. I'd like to welcome John Kosaburki, CEO and founder of OX Digital Health, and Emma Stratful, the company's chief operating officer. Hello, John. Hello, Emma. Hi, how are you, Martin? Doing well, thanks. Now, John, OX Digital Health was conceived as a cloud-native company, but I think many of your customers wouldn't have been born in the cloud. Healthcare providers, I think, are often hamstrung by legacy workflows and manual paper-based processes that create a lot of overhead and friction between providers and patients. Could you tell us a little bit about how you approach uh, efforts to streamline those processes? You're so right that in healthcare, there's a lot of unnecessary friction uh, that goes on. And in 2018, we decided to launch OX Digital Health to take lessons that have been learned in other industries and start to bring that into the healthcare space. And and that coincided with COVID-19 that that served as an accelerant for the adoption of new technology. Uh, The area that we were initially focusing on was assisted reproduction, IVF clinics. And it's surprising, particularly here in the UK, which is a very highly regulated industry, there's a huge volume of paper forms that are necessary to uh, go through the fertility treatment cycles. And there's also complexity in the form of having the patient, their partner, whether they're same sex or uh, heterosexual, or if there's donors involved. And based on those different combinations, there's a whole lot of different bits of paper that are going to be produced. So that's where we first focused on being able to take all of that and bring a degree of automation. And on the one hand, we had clinicians that and patients that were digital consumers, and, and they had a very high expectation set of what they should be able to achieve in, uh, in healthcare. And we were able to meet that expectation by bringing to bear a combination of Microsoft and, and Adobe technology. Great. Emma? What would you add there in terms of your business and the work you're doing to streamline workflows and processes? I think going back to what John was saying in terms of having a consumer experience and from a patient perspective, it's about saving them time. It's about saving them expense. You know, historically, patients have had to go into clinics, into a hospital setting um, to to even sign a, a consent form. So by reducing that and doing things digitally, you're saving the patient, the parking nightmare that is invariably, you know, when you get to clinics, the driving, the time off work. So it just makes it flow better for the patient. And I think, you know, the fact that we have a patient portal that's available to them, they can access information, they can access consent forms that have been signed, or they need to sign at at the click of a button. They're not sifting through, you know, years of emails to say, oh, I remember signing that, you know, four years ago, and yet it's been deleted from their inbox. It it's just makes it more streamlined and more user-friendly, I think, for the patients. Now, that's obviously a big benefit of this model, John. Uh, but what are some of the other benefits that you're seeing from this healthcare-as-a-service style approach? We're focused on providing SaaS solutions and making it easy for healthcare organizations 
to utilize our functionality. And they can do that in an incremental way. So it's really uh, health tech as a service. It allows us to wrap value-added solutions around their existing ecosystem and achieve benefits in a very, very short time frame. So digital consenting is a great example of, of having a microservice that gives the patient better information about their procedure, and it also removes friction from the entire process. Uh, we touched on in our opening comments, but just like in other industries, healthcare and more and more organizations in healthcare are looking to adopt API type economies for interacting with, uh, with all the different systems that exist. Starting as a cloud native solution enabled us to bring those different sources of information together much easier than some of the legacy providers that are uh, available today and have moved only partially to take advantage of capabilities in the cloud. When we launched, we looked closely at what options were available and having Microsoft and Adobe solutions tightly integrated, it allowed us to accelerate delivery of, of those solutions with, uh, with very little effort. And then we've been able to expand and customize that by automating the workflows that go around it from simple things like sending the reminders out, being able to check the status of documents. Um, it frees up time so that people can focus more on patient care as opposed to mundane tasks and, and shuffling paper. And uh, for everyone who's worked with the Adobe solution, it's very customizable. You have templates uh, that can be used across multiple organizations. And then there are some that can be customized and configured for individual organizations. We've seen that there's been opportunities to expand our offering where we started with a focused solution that was built for assisted reproduction, but that very quickly was able to be adapted to, uh, to serve many different healthcare organizations from, from very simple standard commoditized treatments or procedures like colonoscopies to also more complex and nuanced ones like spinal surgery or cancer, uh, which requires a lot more of an iterative approach for working between the clinician and the patient. Great. So Emma, any other benefits you'd like to touch on specifically from maybe a patient perspective? Sure, Martin. So in terms of sort of a patient, it enables that conversation with the clinical team um, that you can then work through that workflow, provide bespoke risk profiles for patients should, you know, they smoke cigarettes or drink heavily or are overweight, their risk profile per procedure is going to be significantly higher. You can then sort of provide that risk profile, any information to the patients that they can share with friends and family, which for really complex procedures is so important for the patients to be able to have the information to discuss and to, you know, have that um, conversation to better make their decisions. But also it is very much around the shared decision making. So it's not just the clinician saying, this is what is going to happen. This is what you need to do. It's very much around having a buy-in from the patients, from their families and the clinicians. Um, and also within some of the work that we've done in the UK, we've been able to integrate with research studies. So if a hospital is running a particular research study, it's linked to that particular procedure and it just offers the patients more opportunities to get involved in research as well. 
John, OXDH launched right before COVID and once the pandemic hit and work models obviously shifted, as we know, and consumer engagement models also shifted, how did that effectively impact your business? I mean, did it require you to pivot at all or did it just validate the model that you'd conceived for the business? Yeah, I mean, there certainly aren't many um, positive aspects of what came out of COVID, but, but one thing we can identify is that it got a lot of people in healthcare focused on what technology can be utilized to, uh, to fill the gaps. And, and it forced people to address those in a very compressed time frame. So they started looking for solutions that allowed, that supported remote activity, whether it was um, connecting the clinicians with the patients or also with the suppliers. So from our perspective, uh, things that were not even possible to be done in regard to in-person signatures became a main focus to get those consents. Even if they were scheduling procedures far in advance, they were able to get prepared and ready to do that in a much easier fashion than they, any other alternative. And, and one of the things I, I actually heard a clinician say that when talking about COVID and the impact on technology is that it, that it shined a light on a problem that existed for a very long time. It, it was a chronic problem that existed in healthcare and, and COVID wound up making it acute and requiring people to actually take action uh, and make things better. Another chronic issue here, I think, is data security. Now, that's top of mind in every industry, but it's particularly urgent, I think, in healthcare, since we're talking about what are plainly extremely sensitive patient information issues. How does your cloud-native platform ensure the highest levels of data protection are preserved? I mean, you're spot on, Martin. If you look at a lot of the stats that uh, one of the highest growth areas for um, for hackers is targeting healthcare data. And part of that's because there hasn't been as much focus on the cybersecurity or as it has been in other industries. Uh, from our perspective, our, our technology choices with Microsoft and Adobe were um, key differentiators that, that made it much easier for us to be secure by design and uh, secure by default. So using things like geofencing, uh, the environments within, uh, within a certain uh, perimeter, also taking advantage of capabilities from Microsoft with Sentinel and other out-of-the-box cloud features gave us a leg up. And, and now when we go into organizations, they're much more aware of the risks. And in fact, they are making it a requirement to demonstrate levels of adherence to cybersecurity policies before they'll even speak to you as a potential vendor. So what type of feedback are you getting from your customers about how they're benefiting from this approach and the services that you offer? Um, so from my perspective, and I know Emma's had some great experiences with this as well, that um, you know, really the best part is what we hear back from people and from patients. And that's been very positive. Um, I've had several cases of, of personal contacts with people that have had treatments, uh, fertility treatments prior to using our software. And, and they tell a very candid story that it's a very stressful time in their lives and they're presented with tens of documents that they're manually re-entering information that seems very tedious. Uh, and it just took away one level of stress and distraction with the automated digital consenting process. Uh, for private clinics, they're always looking at ways that they can provide, of course, it's going to provide the best care possible, and they want to do that in the most efficient way uh, that they can. And 
by using tools like this, it frees up time of their staff so they're not doing mundane uh, paper shuffling, but they can focus more on providing the best care possible for their patients. And Emma, what are you seeing from the customers that you're working with? I think it's very, very much around the social values perspective. And, you know, it's saving hospitals times in terms of not having to book appointments for patients to come in and just literally complete a form. So it's a win-win for everybody in that sense that, you know, patients and clinicians alike. I mean, we've had feedback from one uh, healthcare provider that we were working with that um, they were able to engage with patients that previously wouldn't have engaged with the service. So the outreach to patients um, that wouldn't normally engage with the service is really a benefit in, if you're able to do these things digitally. In addition, you know, medical procedures are stressful enough for anybody. So if we can remove some of those stresses with regards to the paperwork or access to clinics, it's a huge benefit for the patients and their families. Well, I think reducing stress is something we can all certainly benefit from. That's a great place to end the discussion. John, Emma, thanks so much for your time and your insights today. You're very welcome, Martin. Thank you for having us. Great. Look forward to doing more in the future. Great lessons here for CIOs and their C-suite colleagues in any industry about how digital technologies are taking some of the friction out of employee and customer experience. Lessons, I think, that have become even more valuable in our new world of work. For more great insights, including the other episodes in this podcast series, please visit thenewwork.cio.com. So for CIO, Adobe, and for Microsoft, I'm Martin Feach. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been produced by IDG Communications Incorporated, doing business at Foundry, in association with its sponsors, Adobe and Microsoft.